the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Good morning and welcome. Patriot Radio News Hour. I'm Joe Jaquin, CEO of the Patriot Trading Group and our toll-free number 800-951-0592. The website at allamericangold.com and welcome one and all. Happy holidays, Merry Christmas, all that good stuff. Just remember, uh, we will be closed Friday and then again on Monday, and then the following Friday and the following Monday uh, for Christmas and New Year's. Uh, but what, let me tell you, we are so excited. We, we've had a lot of crazy things happening, but for the first time ever, Jason and I can actually see. So we're in two different states. I'm here in Phoenix. Jason in Colorado, uh, we have each other on video. Uh, this is a, a big YouTube test day. Uh, big shout out to Dominic and Jack uh, who've gotten us to this point. We're really, really confident that hopefully before Thursday show uh, that we will have a video YouTube for from here on out, now and forever. We got a few things I'm sure that we got to work out, but it, it's pretty cool uh, that we, 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 we're actually able, you know, we've been doing shows together, Jason, for almost five years, and with the exception of when I'm in Colorado, you and I can never see each other. That is right. We don't see each other unless you're here in Colorado. There is the one show that's on the YouTube channel that uh, we know that uh, Dylan, Dylan was trying to do all of this stuff. And we and we still have not conquered the problem that Dylan had, which is to get the get all of the content from the radio here. But at least we have you and me doing the vocs, the voices of, of uh, Patriot Trading News Hour on the air. And uh, well, we'll see. If we keep working on it, we'll have the whole thing, right? Yeah. So I, I'm. Uh, we're we're <laughs> like everything else. I, I have you in my ear, and then the the laptop had you there. So I turned the laptop volume up. Yeah. But we're working on it. Uh, it's going to be pretty cool. I had to do the cool. same thing. Well, while, you were, while you were doing your opening, I was like, I can hear Joe with an echo. So I, I got to my other laptop and I <laughs> muted you out. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just did it too. So, hey, we're working on it. I apologize. I know our website hasn't been updated. Our, our podcasts haven't been updated. Uh, by the way, keep those prayers going. Ramon is doing great. Uh, he's back home. You know, he had triple bypass surgery just a few days ago. He's already back home. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna get everything up and running here. Uh, just give us a few more days. Bear with us. Uh, but but 2023 is gonna be a, a pretty exciting time uh, for Patriot Trading Group, All American Gold. Uh, we're gonna be doing a lot of cool things, and, and uh, we're really excited about it, Jason. I mean, just listen between Jason and I. Uh, checking an email is about as tech savvy as the two of us are. So, me and him, we're just blown away right now. I know all the all of uh, uh, the younger and younger, even the older people are like, calm it down, Joe and Jason. You got, we could do this. 10, 15 years ago, uh, welcome to the uh, the world of social media. But hey, you know what? 
we may be late to the game, but it, but we're going to have a lot of fun with it. When I joined Patriot Training Group in 2018, I had never even sent a text before. So, <laughs> this is, you know, suddenly the radio <laughs> station became. Wait, I, I had, to, I had to program a radio <laughs> software on the on a on, yeah. on the on these servers. So I've uh, I've I've come. I the funny thing is, is I was the first kid in my school, I think, or one of the first ones to have an Apple computer way back when I was a little kid. I, I could do everything on a computer. And then I got a little older, and I just wasn't interested in computers. And then everybody else passed me by. So I'm just, yeah. uh, just yeah, playing 19, a little bit of catch-up. Not 1998, 2018. The guy yeah. had never sent a text before. I mean, I come on, have, man. This I is didn't what have I'm a home computer. Uh, I think Brooke and I got a home computer in 2012. That was the first time we actually had a computer at home. <laughs> so we've only had a computer well, what, for 10 what, years. Right? What, what a day. Now that we're, we're just so excited. I'm so excited. Uh, it, it's actually going to make the show better now. We can point to each other. We can give each other those those nonverbal signs and all that I'm stuff. Give Joe, uh, I mean, big Joe, day Joe here. A whole lot of, Joe's going to have a whole lot of heartburn when he sees all kinds of me, uh, all my fidgeting and moving around, and because I can't sit still. <laughs> it's, it's gonna, Joe's, Joe's going to be coaching me for for uh, camera views like, uh, from oh, here on out. Listen, everybody's probably laughing. Uh, I, I'm obviously not a beautiful person. Uh, J- Jason, you know, he, he's going to be the better looking one of us, but that's not saying a lot. I mean, I'm going to say this right now. Uh, the, the camera adds 10 pounds. Just, just throwing that out there. Uh, big day in the gold and silver markets today, Jason. Uh, gold's up 30. Silver's up a dollar 10. Uh, hold on to your hats. Platinum's rallying. Uh, the big, big, Big news out of Japan while we were all asleep last night. Uh, we're going to tell you all about it uh, after the break, Jason. But, but again, more signs of stress coming into the market. And the Bank of Japan uh, essentially saying we've got to do something to, to shore some of this stuff up. It's putting a lot of pressure primarily on the smaller U.S. banks now showing some signs, Jason, that, hey, things aren't so well after all. Yeah, we've been talking about a lot of uh, financial pressure from the banking industry in, in, in China, and they're having their property problems that, that suddenly nobody wants to talk about, you know, Evergrande anymore and stuff. So banks across the world are having trouble. And I think you're going to see that uh, the smaller banks, like Joe just mentioned, are going to be the first ones to crack. And, uh Joe, I mean, maybe a couple of years from now, there might only be like a, maybe 100 or 300 or 500 banks left, right? Yeah, and I think, too, and, I, and I've been saying this for a long time, uh, you know, we've been eliminating banks at a, at a huge clip over the last 20 years. Uh, but, yeah, I, I wouldn't be shocked at all to see 100 or maybe 300 banks. That's it after Digital Money. Patriot Radio News Hour. We got a great show lined up for you. Jason and I will be right back. 800 Joe and Jason, Patriot Radio News Hour. 
uh, on this Tuesday. Uh, this market recap brought to you by our friends at Y-Refi. You know, don't get caught up in all the volatility out there. Listen, we had Joey on yesterday. He was telling you, you better get ready. You better get that portfolio ready for 2023. Hey, with Y-Refi, you don't have to worry about it. High fixed rates of return. You know exactly what you're going to get month after month. There are no surprises. You can turn your monthly income on. You can turn it off. You can compound it. Uh, no, no losses ever uh, for your term. Hey, you get your full, full principal back. No questions asked. Check them out. Invest. YRefi.com, that's invest, the letter Y, R-E-F-Y.com, or 888-YREFI24, that is 888-YREFI24. As I said before, gold and silver up big today. Uh, we'll get to the Bank of Japan in a minute. Uh, gold here bumping up on 1820 silver Back above $24. Really good day for silver here. Uh, $24.10. Pull, uh, platinum. We've been talking about platinum. Platinum's up $27. Uh, we have platinum one ounce bars. They're now $11.50. The platinum American Eagle coin is now $1,200. All out by there on platinum. I'm a seller of palladium right now. If I was you, if you had palladium, I would trade it uh, into platinum. And the nice part is uh, you're going to be, the right now the palladium is worth more. Uh, so it's a real good time to do that trade. And I know for a lot of people, Jason, they're like, hey, when it all comes crashing down, uh, I don't know, you know, that platinum is going to do me that much good. I, I need my gold and silver to barter with. And here's what I would tell people. Add a few ounces uh, do what you, you can do because I think platinum is going to have a big next two years here. And then at a certain level, maybe it's 2000 maybe it's 2500 You turn around and you can trade that platinum back in. You can sell it back to us or you can trade it for more gold and silver down the road. You know, uh, we, we talk about a, uh, economic reset that's going to happen here soon, uh, Joe, and, and we're going to be left with a digital currency. And one thing to understand during a, an economic reset is all all things will be revalued versus each other properly. They'll reset it, you know, for the most part, equal. So a, a cow and an ounce of gold. Well, platinum has traditionally been at gold's level or higher in price. So as these things happen and we move closer to a digital currency, Joe, I have a really strong feeling platinum is going to be uh, revalued uh, where it should be, at least one-to-one -to, -one to gold minimum, Joe. Yeah, I think right now in historical terms, why is Joe and Jason so bullish on platinum all of a sudden? Uh, it really has to do with the fact that supply and demand, there is a big alleged surplus of platinum. That is all gone now. Uh, the Chinese have been uh, in the market buying huge amounts of it, uh, and now they're talking about major supply deficits. But to Jason's point, you know, go back over the last, I don't know, almost 50 years. There's only been a couple of very brief instances outside of the last few years where platinum has, has been even close to gold as far as price or cheaper than gold as far as price. 
and, and so right now, you know, gold's 18.20. Platinum should probably be somewhere around 21 or $2,200. Hey, that would be normal. Uh, when you look back over the last 50 years. So uh, sitting here buying it for 1150 for a bar or $1,200 uh, for a coin, uh, that's why we like it so much. And like I said, when it adjusts down the road, as Jason was saying, hey, it's all going to adjust to where it's supposed to be. Uh, at that point, if you want to trade it in or, or you know, and, and get more gold or, or get more silver, do it. 800 951 0592 Wall Street right now. Uh, the Dow is is up about 20 points. The S&P and the NASDAQ are both lower. The bond market now, the U.S. 10-year note, almost the 3.7 now, moving very, very quickly here. Uh, and it all had to do with last night, the Bank of Japan. Now, the Bank of Japan, their rate is zero. Their Fed's funds rate is zero. They left it at zero. Now they had a rule that they said, hey, our 10-year note in Japan cannot be higher than 0.25. Last night they said, you know what? We're going to let it go all the way to 0.5. So a half of a percent. Uh, and, and then they threw out there though, Jason, oh by the way, we're going to buy even more of our debt. So the Bank of Japan, which already owns well over half of the Japanese debt, is basically on a path to, to essentially owning it all. Uh, but that just drove the bond market yield skyrocket. Matter of fact, in Japan, they had to shut it off because it went, it went from 0.25 to 0.45 in a matter of seconds. Uh, so they... they now the Japanese 10-year uh, note yielding about 0.43. So in, in terms of bond markets, when you have bond yields doubling in a, in a matter of a few seconds, Jason, that's a big deal. Yeah, and Japan owns a large percentage of the stock market too, right, to try to yeah, keep that thing yeah. up, right? Uh, yeah, the so Japan I, I really thing's a whole I, house of cards. Matter of fact, listen to this. They're going to buy nine trillion. Now this is nine trillion uh, Japanese yen, but nine trillion a month in uh, their bond purchases started in January. Uh, essentially, kind of uh, just saying, "Hey, listen, we're going to we're going to be the only buyers of Japanese debt." I mean, Japan's a good indicator of where America is headed. Uh, the only reason that we're not fastly going in, in their direction now is because, you know, the dollar is more of a world reserve currency than the yen. You, you know, nobody really wants the yen. But uh, their, their debt to GDP is the worst. I think it's still the worst in the world, Joe. I know we're getting up there, but I think they're the worst. Yeah. And we're they're, heading in that direction. And, and what, what the Fed is going to end up having to buy the whole stock market. Is that, is that, I think that's kind of we're just heading right where Japan is. Yeah, it's going to be really, really interesting. You know, you think about uh, our balance sheet. Uh, you know, even with the somewhat of a runoff that we've seen right now, um, they they still have like eight point five trillion dollars uh, that that they own in in U.S. debt and mortgage debt. And Jason, I think both of us agree. I do not be shocked at all. Uh, I think quantitative tightening will end 
before 2023 ends. Uh, and I wouldn't be shocked at all if quantitative easing came back. We're not stop. I guess my point being, anybody who thinks that the Fed balance sheet peaked out at $9 trillion, uh, they're just kidding themselves. Yeah, I agree with that. I think uh, I think the uh, rate hike stop, I think, after February. I don't, they might not even raise in February. And then I think uh, what we'll see in uh, spring, I think uh, the tightening. I, cause I think, they'll, Joe, I think the, the Fed will, will keep, continue to try to sell off some of their balance sheet if, if they can, if they can find buyers. But somewhere around May or so that you'll see that they're, they're not going to be able to sell or they're not going to sell, not going to tighten anymore. And then as far as bringing rates back down, I don't know if we'll see that in 2023. Joe. I, they're going to sit there for a year, I think, and look at in, inflation, which is still going to be raging next year. So you, you, it might be 2024 before they start bringing it, rates down. It'll it depend. depend. I'll say chaos. this. It de- yeah. It de- there you go. That, that's the answer. How much chaos? Uh, and, and if it's a, a big, big job loss market, uh, then, then I think you're going to see this, the Fed uh, go back to quantitative easing, go back to, to talking about lowering rates. But to Jason's point, if it's a slower death, then you're right. The Fed, believe me, the last thing the Fed wants to do is to end quantitative tightening and to start quantitative easing again and to start having to say we've got to lower rates. They don't want to do any of those things. Uh, And, Jason, that's really what we're talking about here. Uh, We don't really know how high gold and silver, platinum, plate, all these metals can go because we don't know how bad it's going to be. The worse it gets, the higher the price. That's correct. That's correct. And uh, the inflation is going to be uh, into next year. That's that's what they're uh, going to uh, base a lot of their decisions on. And, you know, the Fed really has done everything they said they were going to do uh, the last few years, even back to 2020. They, when they say they're going to do stuff, they've been doing it. So uh, I, I believe when uh, when they have the meet, here's the thing, Joe, it's when they don't say something. It's what, it's what they don't say that uh, – that becomes uh, something we, we, you kind of have to figure out, well, what, what are they going to do since they don't say so? But when they say they're going to raise rates, they've been raising rates. When they say they're going to tighten, they've been tightening. When they say they're going to fight inflation, they fight inflation. Uh, notice uh, what they haven't been saying, Joe, all of this year. They don't like using the word recession, do they? They don't want to use well, they, the word they recession They don't even want to mention that word. And Jason's right. They're going to telegraph everything. Uh, they're not going to – there's not going to be a surprise – uh, they're not going to come out and all of a sudden say the February meeting, as an example, hey, we raised rates another 50 basis points. Because right now, that's what they're saying. Now, they've got six weeks to tell a different story, but for right now, that's what all of us anticipate. Then you got to go to the March meeting. Well, you got six more weeks. It's all going to be about the message at the at the February meeting. If Jay Powell starts talking about, hey, uh, the economy is showing signs of slowing, uh, uh, job gains ha- have uh, slowed dramatically, right? Then everyone knows, okay, that's the Fed's way of saying, hey, we're going to go maybe a quarter point, or we're not going to raise it all. Uh, I expect. Some form of a softening message in that February meeting, uh, and that's why I think we're going to have this first quarter. Uh, I think we could have a very powerful gold and silver rally. And again, just depends. What does the jobs number look like in January? And to Jason's point, what does inflation numbers look like? 
If the job numbers are really bad, but inflation still stays high, that's a that's the worst case scenario for the central bank. If the job numbers are really bad, but the inflation number, even if it comes down just a little bit, I think that that gives the Fed room to send that message. Like Jason said, they're not going to do it uh, all of a sudden. Favor, hey, we just raised, but now we're done, and we're going to wait and see without telling us first. Yeah, Joe, I think, I think much of 2023 is going to be about uh, uh, their goal, really, is to stop raising rates. That's, I think that's their major goal, and I think it's just they're not going to drop rates until they're good and ready to see where the inflation's headed. And I personally, Joe, we've been talking about it. I think 4 to 5% inflation year over year. I think, I think that's – let's just say they get to 3 or 4. Let's just say they can actually get the CPI down that far, let's say in May or June – then I think maybe they lower the rates a little bit, you know, depending on how, where they want that thing to lie. I mean, do they really want 2%? Can they even get back to 2%? How much uh, demand destruction do they get to try to get the inflation down that far? Because that's the only way they're really going to get inflation down is if everything's crashing and burning and nobody's buying anything. Yeah, that's why they're already, you know, the Wall Street guys, you'll hear them talk. Hey, you should change the target. Make it three or make it four. You're a lot of four. Because they know. They know they're not dumb. Why are they saying that? They're saying that because they know what Jason just said is true. If you really mean we're going back to 2%, forget about recession. That means depression, and they know it, Jason. That's why they're, they're, they've been throwing this, hey, just make the new thing 4%. Who cares? Because you made up 2% anyway. They made it up, Joe. Here's the thing. I was just talking to uh, uh, Brooke, I think it was yesterday, maybe two days ago, uh, talking about how much inflation we've already – you know, it's funny how you have this high inflation in 2021, 2022, but how much inflation we've had before that, how the prices of things have just been out of control anyways. It's just been a slow burn. So, Joe, I, we have a fast burn going right now, and it's going to cause a lot of chaos. When we get back, somebody has been going to the Fed window – and that is not a good thing. We'll tell you who it is when we return. 800-951-0592, Patriot Radio News Hour. Joe and Jason on this Tuesday. Uh, just remember, only two more days. But don't worry, All-American Gold, the shopping cart's up 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Uh, but we will be closed this Friday and Monday. So if you need to talk to one of the girls... Uh, call between now and Thursday. Uh, otherwise, uh, leave us a voicemail. We'll get back to you on Tuesday. And Jason, interesting developments, obviously, and this is part of the problem. We don't know what's going to happen with the other central banks. Like, like today, as an example, Japan uh, at least caught us off guard. Uh, in their announcement, uh, China, who knows what they're going to do, right? We, we've been talking about China's now saying, hey, listen, we're ready to buy oil in Renembi. That is huge. That is a big problem for the U.S. Treasury market because essentially what it does is it takes away hundreds of billions of dollars of need for countries to hold treasuries if they can buy oil in something other than U.S. dollars. And we've been talking about the fact that the Fed publicly, 
is saying, hey, listen, we're tightening. And they are, right? They're raising rates, right? They're, they're selling off their balance sheet. Not a lot, but they are selling it off. They're trying to tighten monetary policy. Uh, but Jason, we always end up catching them providing liquidity in other places in the market. So they're really, you know, they're almost talking out of both sides of their mouths here. You know, it's interesting because uh, the world reserve currency is shifting away from the dollar. So uh, about every 80 to 120 years, you'll get a new world reserve currency. And, and usually what happens is something blows up, a war happens or some uh, some huge disaster for the country that is the reserve currency holder. So what you've got going on, Joe, with this, this world system is you got these these possible new countries that could be in a world reserve basket. Because I don't know if it'll just be one currency or one digital currency. It might be a basket, kind of like what the IMF has. But to get there, a lot of dollars have to disappear. And so if you're China and you want the world reserve currency, well, you want people to use your your yuans. But what are you going to do with all of your dollars? You, you, you can't destroy all the dollars you have to get into your new system. It, it creates a huge problem. And usually, you know, what, what happened the last time there was a world reserve currency shift? It was called World War II. That's what it yeah. took to shift it. So I, I think they're trying to avoid that, Joe, but they may not be able to. We're going to have to see how it plays out. So remember, gosh, we're only talking maybe eight weeks ago, right? Japan, there was a run on their currency. Uh, the Swiss National Bank, uh, we, we find out now that the Swiss National Bank uh, absolutely was suffering from a bank run. Uh, the, the U.S. Federal Reserve had to open up uh, the repo window. Uh, and, and think about, you know, go back to Lehman. Remember what a big deal it was? Because the central bank, first of all, they don't tell us. Who needs to borrow at the repo window? And what we're talking about right now, just to refresh everybody uh, as to what happens every single night, right? The the banks leave their excess, uh, excess deposits at the Fed. Another way, even the banks don't leave their excess money in the bank, right? Which tells you, man, you should never do that either. They put it at the Fed just in case, right, just in case something bad happens. And, and we've talked about it. They're leaving like a couple trillion dollars there. Well, that's mostly the big banks. The Fed has this, this repo window where certain banks, hey, I don't have enough money today. Whoopsie. Don't, don't have enough money. Uh, hey, Federal Reserve. I couldn't get other banks to, to, to lend me some money. Will you take, and now there are rules here, you have to give them quote-unquote triple-A paper debt in exchange for money so they can, you know, hey, Joe Schmuckatelli wants, you know, told me to pay his mortgage out of his account tonight, and I'm not going to be able to do it if I don't get some more cash. Well, apparently, very quietly, a number of banks have been needing to go to the Federal Reserve to borrow money. So this tells me two things. Number one, I'm looking at the amounts, which tells me 
these cannot be big banks. Because big banks, like, like uh, remember, uh, the Swiss National Bank needed $88 billion. We're talking about a number here, Jason, below $10 billion, but it's growing. Started out as $2 billion, went to $4 billion, went to $6 billion. So it appears that a several, and I don't know how many, but my guess would be at least a handful of small U.S. banks are being shut out here and that the bigger banks are like, Dude, we're not messing with you, we don't want you know your paper, and they're having to go to the Federal Reserve and they're doing it regularly now. It's not like it was a one-day deal. Nope, they're showing up day after day, and we're starting to see this number grow. And, and Jason, it appears that once again, they never fixed the problem. These banks aren't safe. Joe, that's why I talk about the reverse repo that has that cash park there. It's usually about a half that a percent. That's $2 trillion, above, yeah. Yeah, well, it's usually about a half percent above the Fed funds rate. So the Fed at, at that reverse repo, they can set that interest rate wherever they want. So it would just say we settle at the uh, Fed funds rate at 5% in, in February. Uh, if they if, if they want to, to control which banks will fail and which ones will succeed, uh, they can then lower, which just say they lower it to 4.5%. Suddenly, they can, you know, and plus you're talking about banks now that need cash. So the need for cash, and then you lower the reverse repo interest for parking the cash there, lower than the Fed funds rate, it doesn't look very appetizing to keep your cash there. And when that starts to empty out, I think that's going to be, that's not going to cause anything to, to break. It's just going to show that as an indicator, this is when things are going to break. That's why I think you, you watch the reverse repo market. When that cash starts to leave, a, a lot of it at $2 trillion, that's, Joe, I think that's when you see that market crash. Right. J J Jason's talking about that excess liquidity from the big banks. That's the reverse repo market. What we're talking about today is the discount window uh, at the window, Federal yeah. Reserve, right? J.P. Morgan out saying that they are surprised that uh, that the of the spike of the uh, discount window use because they're talking about still the massive amount of liquidity out in the system, which just tells you, guess what? The big banks have ample amount of liquidity, but all of these other banks don't appear to be. Patriot Radio News Hour. How much is in your bank account? I hope it's not a lot. We'll be back after the break. 100-951-0592. Uh, gold's up $29 here, eighteen seventeen. dollars uh, Silver's up a dollar, uh, $24 in change. Uh, Wall Street's lower now, but not a lot. The Dow's off like 10 points. Uh, the the S&P's lower, the Nasdaq's lower. Uh, but again, it just earnings. Right now, Wall Street's focusing on how tight, right? They're, they're, they're having that wishful thinking that, that the Fed is going to end rate hikes sooner rather than later. The problem is uh, earnings just aren't there. General Mills today. Uh, General Mills, you know, just some of the brands. Pillsbury, Yoplait, Haagen-Dazs, Cheerios, Betty Crawford. Crocker, Blue Buffalo, I mean, they own a huge part of, of saying that net sales volume fell 6%, while price, prices rose, get this, 
And this is General Mills. You're not buying better than General Mills. So if General Mills says, hey, our inflation 17%, you can bet, Jason, everybody else is, is, is 20, 25% if General Mills is saying 17. By the way, the Federal Reserve is sitting there trying to do a happy dance about saying inflation's only 7%. And everything is run on percentages, Joe. So on top of the inflation, if you're buying these foods, uh, this is why you've seen some complaints about uh, a little extra profit taking from these big companies because, you know, hey, if we're going to have to pay 17% more for our stuff, well, we're going to charge 20% of the customer. That's just the, that's just the way it is, Joe. Yeah, so uh, but uh, back to this, even General Mills is saying, hey, listen, our margins are under pressure now. So. Uh, to okay. Jason's point, they did the big price increase, right? They increased prices more than the 17%, but now they're saying, hey, by the way, listen, prices are still kind of creeping up, and oh, by the way, the customer is saying, we're not going to pay any more, and it's starting to erode those margins, uh, which again, uh, really makes it difficult for Wall Street, because I think uh, today, uh, as an example, Apple had a big cut in, in iPhone sales for Christmas. Now, granted, you know what they like to do. We've got to make the number low enough that when Apple reports, they say, oh, we beat it, right? But this is the second cut in iPhone sales uh, in the last six weeks. Yeah, Joe, it's, it's, it's interesting what inflation does because, you you know, you're, you're giving that 17%, and then, of course, you're talking about the iPhone sales, uh, people aren't buying stuff as much because the prices are high. You know, it's interesting how they compute, they can compute the uh, inflation year over year. But it, it, see how that, that year over year, once you get to the second year, then you'll get to the third year, and suddenly you're, you're kind of just getting used to it, right, Joe? These, this, these higher levels of inflation, it, it almost you, know, you can kind of feel it, can't you, Joe, from where we're sitting, how we're just going to get used to this higher inflation because, hey, it was uh, 7%, 21 to 22, but, but it might be only 5% from 22 to 23, but that's still way too much. It sure feels like this, this, this big shift that's happening is making everybody get used to a lower standard of living. It used to be 2%, right, Joe? 2%. Now that lower standard of living is, well, now we got inflation at 4%, 5%, right? Yeah, and, and uh, uh, even building permits now, a, a huge drop, and we know about housing uh, when it comes to single family, but Jason, even apartment buildings, uh, building permits fell 11% month yep. over month. I mean, that, that that's not year over year. That's month over month, and so that just month tells you. Yeah, that just tells you. Now, again, it's only a month, so I really want to see what happens next month. But if we see a, a similar pattern, in other words, we don't get a big bounce back next month, that just tells you now, right, when we tell you about housing, housing has a lot of different legs. Construction is one of those legs, and it looks like, now it's, and again, it's just a month, but if we get followed through on this construction number next month, again, I think that's another sign the economy is really starting to slow Housing permits down 22% year over year. Uh, the single family home side of it was the big culprit down 30% year over year. Here's the problem. Sales are down 
40% and rising. So there's still more to go there. Multifamily uh, down 10.7. Almost all of that occurred just in the last 30 days, Jason. You almost got to give it to the Fed. I mean, because as we tell these numbers, it's been happening. This is, you know, 2020, 2021, 2022. We're heading into 2023. They talk about a soft landing, Joe. It, you know, in a lot of ways, I mean, the landing still is going to be bad. It's just gently moving towards this really bad standard of living for everybody. How, and, how you, know, again, you know, month you over know, month, these, these year are, over year. Yeah, these, these, are, these aren't gently numbers in, on housing. No. Right. Other other parts still. We haven't seen it. It's all. It's still all about jobs. That's going to be the big key. We're going to learn a lot about this economy come the end of January, uh, early February, when when that that first Friday in February. So here's the problem: the Fed, they're going to raise rates on a Wednesday in February. The government's jobs number doesn't come out till two days later. Uh, it's going to be very interesting. I think that's going to be our first real sign of how fast is it slowing down. If we get a big negative number that first Friday in February, things are going to get real interesting. And not in a good yeah, way. Yeah, Joe. And, I, and you know what? And it's, it's I guess what I mean by soft landing is, is, is we're going to have the same crash and probably worse than 2008. It just doesn't it just feel like it's just going to grind to a crash. It's not really good. It, yeah. it just it has yeah. the feel that they're just going to uh, fool a lot of people, Joe. Well, well, look at me. Hey, banks are at the discount window. Fifteen years ago, Jim Cramer was freaking out about it. Today, ah, eh, fine. Don't worry. It'll be all right. Pizza Radio News Hour final segment coming up. 800-951-0592, gold's up 31, 18, 19, silver's up a dollar, what is it, dollar seven here, uh, $24 in 10 cents. Uh, we have one ounce platinum bars. These are going to be Johnson, Matthew, Engelhard. They're 1150 today. Platinum's up another $27 this morning. Uh, then we have the platinum American Eagle, that's the coin form, that is at $1,200 on silver. I've got a 100 rolls of silver quarters and 200 rolls of silver dimes. The quarters at $230, the dimes at 115 Dollars at eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two. So we've got. I'll call them the other metal special. We've got platinum, uh, platinum bars eleven fifty. The platinum U.S. Eagle at twelve hundred. A roll of forty silver quarters. You're saving ten bucks here at two thirty a roll. A roll of fifty dimes. At a hundred and fifteen dollars a roll, eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two, and obviously all of these will be delivered after Christmas. Excellent, you know, Joe. Uh, these these metals are still very affordable at this price. It's it's interesting as gold has been going up that the premiums did come back here recently. Uh, these these metals are very affordable. Uh, silver, silver as well. Listen, this is this is. 
pricing like $6 ago. Uh, we were selling quarters at $18 at $230. Bucks. I'm $240. Uh, this right. is really, this is a lot. And, of course, it always happens, right? It's Christmas time. People are spending their money on presents and, and travel and this and that. Uh, and, and, and you just, we, we just get one of these little, uh, sweet spots here in the market. I mean, think about it. Gold's up 200 bucks in the last seven and a half weeks. Silver's up six dollars in the last seven and a half weeks. And it's almost like you're buying it like they're not up at all, Jason. It's really a great opportunity. Right, Joe. It's it's interesting the physical price. What is what's been doing, and uh, it's been up a little bit every year, or up a lot uh, as it as it bumped uh, in 2020, 2021. But with the premiums coming up and and or, or the price coming down, it, the, the spot coming up and down, the premium coming up and down. We've been kind of in the, like that. Like I keep saying that the good old days. We're still in that zone. You know, if you can buy an ounce of gold for two two thousand twenty one hundred or, or uh, twenty dollar liberties, great. If you can buy uh, silver at today's special price, great. But when this when this jump happens, when this and this jump is going to happen, you're going to see you know a roll of quarters at four hundred dollars. You're going to see a twenty dollar liberty at you know three thirty five hundred dollars or three thousand dollars. It, it's it's going to take not very much time because when we were selling twenty dollar liberties at twelve fifty, and now they're over two thousand, that's like sixty six percent there. there that, that means uh, from two thousand, what is that going to be? That's another fourteen hundred dollars. That's thirty four hundred dollars. We're, we're going to have a jump that's going to take gold from two thousand to like three thousand or thirty two hundred, thirty three hundred dollars. It's it's going I, to happen. I, it could happen in two years, Joe. Yeah, I will be shocked. As an example, you know, we're talking about metals plants, right? Uh, Colorado, by the way, the uh, we're going to be making a big for the Colorado p- pickup, big push in metals plants today. You'll be hearing from us. But quarters, I would be, I won't be shocked next year if you're doing a hundred dollars a month and you get three hundred dollars at the end of the month that you can't even get a roll of quarters for three hundred bucks next year. That, that would not shock me at all. Agreed. God bless Agreed. everybody. God bless everybody. Listen, Jason and I, we're coming right back with the half empty cup, so stay with us. Three star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to, he understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.